Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 through 46. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David, by the Spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? And no one was able to give him an answer. Nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus had been facing some difficult questions. They had been trying to trap him, trying to stump him. They sprung questions on him about all sorts of things, about taxes, as we heard last week, that they were doing anything they could to try to find something to trap him with. And he finally silences them by asking a question about whose son is the Messiah. And they couldn't answer. And this ended their questioning. But before they got to the end of the questions, they had one last one. They wanted to know what commandment of the law was the greatest. Which law is the most important? And so he gives two. He says the most important is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything hangs on these two things. We often see the Ten Commandments posted up and we memorize them and we think about all that it has to store and we think about all the different commands God gives But each and every one of them comes back to these two points. Love God. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. If you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you're not going to steal from your neighbor. If you love your God, you're going to honor him and obey him and not have any other gods. Everything comes back to these two points. But it raises a difficult question for us. If we are going to love God with our whole being, if we're going to give our all, what does that truly mean? Does it mean that we have to give up everything as he calls the rich man to do? When he says, what else do I need to do? And he says, give up everything and follow me. It's difficult because it makes us uncomfortable. Much as the greatest questions that we have from Christ make us uncomfortable because they draw us out of a spot where we're sitting 
And we're fine with where we're at. It shifts us to a point where we have to look around and decide what's truly important. Being uncomfortable is how God focuses us. How he gets our attention and he draws it to whatever it is we are needing to see. We're called to look at the difficult issues. People who are oppressed. The least and the last. People who are mistreated. People who are hated. It's not easy to step into a fray and say, you know what, I know that you hate these people, but we shouldn't hate anyone. We should love them. We should show them kindness. And it's hard to step into that because suddenly we may have made enemies. There may be people that will not look at us the same, people who will ostracize us because we stand up for what is right. We're drawn out of our comfort into discomfort to do what is right and what is good. But that's part of what it means to give our all. That if we are willing to give up anything and everything. Now do I think God wants me to go home and today sell my house and put my kids on the street and not know what I'm going to do with anything? No. But I think I have to be ready that if God does call me to do that, if God calls me to move on and that he has a new plan for me, I need to be ready and I need to be willing and I need to be open to it. And that's what makes it so difficult. It's not so much that God is telling us at this very moment we have to give up anything and everything we have, but we have to be willing to say, I will. We have to be willing to look at all of those things that we have, all of those humanly things, these earthly things that we keep around and we go, well, these are the things that bring me comfort and these are the things that bring me happiness and to say, are these truly making us happy? How often do we know somebody that builds up earthly wealth, riches upon riches, things upon things, all trying to fill a hole, a hole that can only be filled by God's love and God's grace? How often do we spend our time trying to fill that void, trying to patch everything up and say that it'll be alright while we try to ignore what God is calling us to do? And it's difficult because sometimes we feel like God has already asked everything He can ask of us right now. Sometimes we feel like we have already given our all plus some. It's at those times that we must remember our neighbors. For it's when we feel that we have spent our all, that somebody can step in and help. That somebody can step in and say, you know what? I see that you have been giving all that you can, and I am here to help by giving what I can. That we lift each other up. That we support each other in God's love and God's mercy. That God calls us not just to love God, but to love our neighbors as ourselves so that we are never left alone. That we are never left wanting. That we are left with neighbors who care for us and love us with that same love that God gives us. Because we are called to help each other. 
that we are called to support each other, especially in our times of need. That when we face things that are too difficult for us to stand alone, we are reminded that we are never alone. That God placed us here together. Not that we could watch each other and wonder about each other, but that we could step in and help each other. He asks us to think about each other when we think about ourselves. That if I was hurting, I wouldn't want somebody to stay away. I would want them to come and comfort me. If I was struggling, I wouldn't want somebody to wonder simply if I needed help, but to offer it even if they're wrong. That if I'm feeling broken, I would want somebody to offer me forgiveness to begin that healing. Someone to offer me grace and love. The good news is, we serve a God who is willing to humble himself to humiliation, to humble himself to death on a cross. For you. For me. To set us free. That we are no longer shackled by sin. That we are no longer restrained by death. But we are set free in a promise of life everlasting in God. That we are free to give our all because God has set us free. We are free to help our neighbor without condition because God has helped us. He loved us before we could love Him. He gave to us before we could give anything. He forgave us when we didn't even know we needed to be forgiven. And because we can live in Him, we are never alone. We never have to face anything by ourselves because we face it with God and we face it with God's children. I think about how big a task it is bringing hope to a broken world. Hope to a people who feel that sometimes there is very little hope to be seen in a world that sometimes feels so covered in darkness that there is no light to be found. But then I think, if even just to one person, for one person I could give my all to God and show them God's love and God's mercy, and I could show them what it means to be a brother or sister in Jesus Christ, if I can reach one person, then maybe that person can reach one person. And open that door to them as well. And maybe that person can reach just one person. And let them know that God is there for them too. You know, if each one of us can reach just one person giving our all, we can reach the world. We can reach every single one of God's children who is searching for a home, searching for a place to belong, searching for a God who loves them. Surely each of us can reach one person. Surely each of us can find a place in our heart. Because the task we have been given is great, but the means are simple. We transform the world in God's image by making disciples of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Even if we do it one disciple at a time, Because one disciple is one more than there was yesterday. And they have the chance to make one more tomorrow. 
and something that only God can give us. A future. A future full of hope, full of love, full of grace mercy. That it's open to each and every one of God's children. No matter where they are, no matter who they are, no matter when it is, it is there and it is ready. It's up to us to answer that call. That God has put us here together for a reason. Not to sit silently and wait for someone else to fix it, but to stand up and say, though I may feel lost at times, I will always turn back to a God who loves me. Turn back to a God who has saved me. And I will always help others turn to discover a Lord and Savior that will lift them up, that will heal them and make them whole. Because I have been made whole. That I will follow a God whose steadfast love endures forever through this life and to the next. That I will carry him with me always and everywhere to the end of time. Always. Amen.